What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of These Quarantines. I am your friend, the old host, Juggernauts, and let's jump right in. It's a new week, um, you know, it's a new time to be alive, and which means more moving news that kind of hit the horizon. So, uh, I, wasn't, I was unable to record yesterday, but, you know, I'm going to continue. I'm trying to do an episode every day for this week, as I said, and I try to only do one on the weekend because I don't really have much time on my weekends as much as I do on my weekdays. But without much further ado, here's another daily usage of today. Um, right off the bat, um, I, I think it's common knowledge now to know that Chris Pratt is going to play the titular character of Mario in the Super Mario upcoming Super Mario animated movie. With other characters like Charlie Day playing Luigi and the and the rest, <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind was this: like, okay, since getting Chris Pratt to play his character wasn't far fetched for me, because, like I said, you know, when it comes to voice acting roles, especially for um, studio movies or, or big tentpole movies, usually studios want to go for uh, use the use um, popular actors just because of the backability of their names, as opposed to using actual talented. Um, voice artists now don't, don't, don't get me wrong a lot of actors are actually pretty good in voice voice acting roles and chris pratt has proven that himself i mean he was phenomenal as um, in the, as emmett in lego movie he was also really good in the onward movie with um, tom holland so i think it's, it's really cool and to see him also reprise this role which i mean the guy is just getting a lot of voice acting roles now which is just really cool but anyway besides the point what brings me up what makes me talk about this news the fact that so a report came out that um, <laughs> it's actually a minor thing, but I find it funny. So the Chris Pratt would not, or, or none of the characters or actors would be using the pseudo or like the forced Italian um, um, accent for the for the movies. And I, I, anyone that's played the video games knows what I'm talking about. The whole it's a me Mario stuff. And I found out funny because I didn't really see. Um, I can understand why they're choosing not to do that. I mean, why in a more kind of um, sensitive world or more conscious, socially conscious world, and you know, it might be misconstrued as being racist or you know being archaic or stereotypical about the Italian accent. But the reason why, I, okay, I'm not I'm not Italian, so of course what I'm saying should be taken with a grain of salt. But I felt like for Mario or Luigi or the whole that whole fiasco, you know, I mean. They are, they are kind of stereotypical forced accents is integral to their character. You know what I mean? Mario was created by a Japanese company, for crying out loud. It's like, the it was meant to, it's not meant to be taken seriously at all. It's a joke beyond jokes. The whole accent thing was just like an afterthought. You know? But, like I said, I can understand why they would they tittered away from it. I would have loved to see that actually, you know, just to see Chris Pratt trying to do uh, God Force uh, an accent. <laughs> But I can see why, and there's no big deal to it actually. I mean, if they don't speak in their traditional stereotypical Italian accents, it's fine. As long as the movie is entertaining and interesting, with a really engaging story, I think that's all that matters. But um, yeah, I, would, I, was, <laughs> I was really curious to see this. Now, of course, you know, how would people react? First of all, whenever uh, something is adapted from source material, the fans of the source material are always my minority. And even in a situation like this with Mario, which is this super popular game, I think the same thing still applies. I don't think many people are going to be up and up in arms about the fact that, oh, they're not speaking the traditional Italian accent. I don't, I don't really think so. But like I said, I can understand why the company would move away from the stereotypical accents just to avoid any backlashes. Because, you know, 
people wouldn't want to see it that way. People always want to come with their own agenda and saying that they're being stereotypical and stuff. But you know, it is what it is. Um, I would also be really looking forward to this movie, to be honest. But obviously, when it drops, I'm going to check it out for sure, undoubtedly. All right, moving on. Um, so we know, the, I think, it's, of course, the trailer for The Witcher season two already dropped some weeks back, and we know it's dropping in December, the second season. But we got news. We know that um, they are the plan for this Witcher TV series apparently is for seven seasons. You know, fingers crossed, actually get there. You know, Netflix being Netflix, um, anything can happen anywhere. So, and we also got reports that Henry Cavill is actually committed to the whole seven season plan, which which is mind blowing to me, man. Because uh, uh, how long can they actually play that role for? I mean, you know, it seems to be a physically demanding role. And don't get me wrong, Henry Cavill is in fantastic shape, undoubtedly. You know, and I'm I'm pretty sure. I mean, he he's you know he's a gym rat, so he knows how to commit to that whole physique and everything. But I'm just curious to see, and you know, the Witcher universe, because everyone has realized that this Witcher TV series is actually based on the books, not necessarily on the video games. Even the video games are also based on the books, but it's directly based on the books. So there's so much lore to explore, so much stories. Um, what's up? So what do you think actually? Do you think the Witcher could actually reach seven seasons? that Netflix meddling in and uh, we know that Netflix is notorious for cancelling shows when they believe that those shows can bring in any new subscribers if you're just retaining so no matter how popular it is if you're just retaining the current subscribers are bringing in new subscribers they don't really um, see them as much as being valuable anymore which is kind of tragic because a lot of shows have gotten the axe because of that but fingers crossed to see Netflix actually reach the seven seasons I really really enjoyed um, the Witcher, I mean, rather to reach them, I really enjoy it. Um, I, I like what they're doing with the fantasy realm in that side of things. You know, GOT is kind of done, although we have House of Dragon coming out, which I'm, I'm actually already kind of excited for. I'm not over the moon about it, but I really, I'm, I really love the world of Westeros and what and Game of Thrones, so I'm really looking forward to the House of Dragon prequel. But yeah, I like what they're doing with um, The Witcher, and then you know, from the other side, too. We have, I mean, HBO has Game of Thrones, Netflix has The Witcher, and then we are having this thing coming up to the Wheel of Time. Um, and like I said, the first three episodes were not super stellar to me. I thought they were okay, they were decent. But I thought the fourth episode picked up really nicely, and I'm really looking forward to more of that, yeah, in the future. Then yeah, moving on. Oh, yeah. So, um, if anyone, if you can remember, about a year ago, Disney had an event called Disney Investor Day, where they basically announced a lot of future projects. That was when Ashoka, Ashoka was announced, Andor, um, Obi Wan Kenobi TV series. Um, uh, we had, we had, uh, I'm trying to think of the other. Yeah, we had um, the Aqualite and a lot of other things. I think the Star Wars Visions was also announced during that period. Yeah. Now, one show that was actually also um, kind of announced and was already teased at the end of the Mandalorian season 2 was Ranger of New Republic which was going to follow a group of um, characters in the Star Wars universe you know that are kind of taking on the New Republic and um, you know set forth their own adventures if you remember correctly at the end of season 2 or during the climax of season 2 of Mandalorian we had Cara Dune played by Gina Carano she got approached by these two, these two rebel fighters to get kind of um, initiated into the the new republic and to become like a, a defender for them, a ranger for them. Now, of course, um, 
everyone, you might not know, but Gina, Gina Corona, the character playing Cara Dune, um, was ceremoniously kind of let's go by Disney because of certain tweets she made um, that Disney was happy about. Now, I'm not going to go into the details of that because, you know, it's just a kind of political thing and, you know, I'm not a gossip man. But basically, the point is she made some controversial remarks, I guess, and she was warned by Disney reps to stop pushing these things out. She, she, she didn't. She kept on talking about them, talking about them, and eventually that let her go. Now, she was initially meant to lead, as the character of Cara Dune, meant to lead the new spin-off show called Rangers of New Republic. Uh, but of course, I should let go. Now Disney seems to have announced that the show has been cancelled. But they, they do maintain that elements of that show that would have been his own would probably seep into the Mandalorian season three. So it's not totally a lost cause. And the reason why I think it was easy for them to cancel is because there was no script on ground, there was no other casting, there was no location scouting done, nothing. There was nothing, no work had begun. So I mean, it has to be curious, you know, because I mean, obviously. I thought they could have gone ahead with the show and just since the movie the show was called Rangers, Rangers New Republic as it wasn't called that Caradine, they could have just gone ahead with the show and focus on the different protagonists. But I can understand why they shut it down. Um, you know, Gina Corona's whole fiasco is kinda of like a hot hotbed right now. And and I saw why they would want to recast somebody in that character since you know, all things considered. Her characters actually I enjoyed the character of Caradine, but she isn't necessarily pivotal to the you know star wars lore at least yet anyway she's not a character that you know without when you her absence will be felt you know like the man doing himself mandalorian so and you know unfortunately i mean Gina corona is like a serious actor at best you know i like her actually don't get me i actually like her as angel in x-men the X-Men, I know, in the Deadpool movies, and I actually think she's pretty badass actress, you know, when she needs to be, even though, I mean, her acting chops aren't the best, but she knows how to bring that kind of intensity to the screen. It's kind of unfortunate what happened, you know, um, whether she was right or wrong, it's, it's irrelevant, but the point is, the Disney reps kept telling her to stop, and she kind of refused, and obviously, that's the point made about free speech, you know, you are free to say whatever you want, but then again, you know, whatever response you get is also kind of fair. You know, whatever repercussions come from using your free speech, it's kind of you know, um, you know, if you if if you if you if you saying certain things makes you lose your job because maybe it paints that company in a bad light. You know, it is what it is. You can stand by what you say, but you know, the company also has the right to stand by what they want to do. But yeah, it's kind of tragic because I thought it was going to be a different um, direction that the Star Wars universe could go, um, but you know. We're still going to see elements of it in the Mandalorian season, season three coming up, so it's not a total loss, I guess. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on, and I guess to the last topic of today. So recently, in an interview, J.K. Simmons, who all of you must have known, he was J.J. John and Jameson in the Spider-Man movies, he was a counterpart. He's a phenomenal actor. He was a Whiplash, which he won an Oscar for. Oh, dude, that movie is intense. Um, he's a phenomenal actor. Never disappoints. He's great in what he does. He's, he's really, 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 really entertaining. Um, you know, the counterpart was a great show that unfortunately got cancelled, which really hurt me. But he's such a good actor. Anyway, um, we if you follow DCU, he played the minor role as um, Commissioner James Gordon. He appeared in uh, the Justice League movie, and I mean, very, very small role, but it was still cool in that role. When we got reports, initially we got reports that of a bad girl movie coming, which got a lot of people thinking, hmm, bad girl movie. 
which university sets in? Is it going to be independent, like deep, like um, Matrix Batman movie, or is it going to also take place in the DCU? Well, um, J. Jonah James and um, J.K. Simmons, Simmons was announced to play to reprise his role as Commissioner Gordon for the Bad Girl movie. We've got a lot of people thinking, that, "Holy shit!" That was the Bad Girl movie must be in the DCU. What actually makes it funnier is the fact that Jeffrey Wright, who is playing the character's father in Bad Girl, is Commissioner Gordon in the Matthews Batman movie, which isn't part of the DCU. It's just a very meta, crazy thing. I don't know why they did that. Um, I love Jeffrey Wright, man. His work on as a watcher was great. He's great as Bernard in um, Westworld. He's he's like even his short scene in did in Game Night was funny. He's such a good actor. Yeah, but I I I'm, I I I feel like this might be a bit confusing to some people. But let's see though. Um, now, actually, what makes me more curious about this movie is the fact that J.K. Simmons seems to have admitted the fact that. His role is not going to be minor. And most people assume it's going to be a kind of a minor role, similar to that of what we saw in maybe Justice League movies. But it seems to not be a minor role. It seems like he would actually be play a pivotal role, which got you know has people thinking like, what story are they going with and what have you. Now we all know that um, Brendan Fraser has been already been cast as the villain Firefly for the movie, which I was actually quite excited about because you know he's such a um, Bernard Fraser also is such a great actor and it's good to see him come back. He's amazing on Doom Patrol. He's making waves back slowly back to Hollywood after, you know, years of you know, kind of depression and rejection that he faced. Uh, but I'm really, really happy for him. So all you know, um, J.K. Simmons reprising his role as J.J. Jameson. Why do you keep saying that as Commissioner Gordon? Man, I can't reconcile J.K. Simmons and J.J. Jameson. Anyway, J.K. Simmons reprising his role as Commissioner Gordon, what do you guys think about it? Are you kind of excited to see more play more pivotal role in Bad Girl? Actually, actually, I am for once because I'm not really interested in the Bad Girl movie. It's not, I have nothing against it, obviously. I'm not moving. I'm going to rush out to see it with hot anticipation. But um, hearing about this cast, kind of hearing about the additional education gets me a bit curious to see the direction they want to go. Yeah. So let me guys know what you guys think about everything I've discussed. Um, which story stood out to you the most? And thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, guys, stay safe and stay tuned.